With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hello, hello. The West World Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. They aim to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each and every day. Now, we all know that Cufflinks.com has Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Star Trek, Mandalorian, Disney, every amazing geeky thing. They have products that match your desires, as well as having the classic wearable art brands like Ox and Bull, Hook and Albert, and of course, Cufflinks' own brand, Cufflinks, baby. So head over to Cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. Today, you have the cleanup text coming together to close out the week. My name is Gina Giacchetti, and my co-hosts are Tim Hines, a.k.a. Timothy Hinesworth, for Westworld purposes. And Andy Theobald, in some circles known as Ando Calrissian. So, we are the cleanup techs. We round up the trash, i.e. the missed pieces, things undiscussed, and perhaps things that we think are completely wrong, in parentheses, mostly in Axel's case, just, you know, so you know Axel. Um, But we've been tasked to tidy things up as best we can do, being as Delos's stock is plummeting. As long as our checks come, we will be here. So how's everyone to do doing tonight? How are you doing, Tim? How are you doing, Andy? Oh, I'm on uh, a little bit of overload from the normal world, but it's good to see that the world uh, that we watch, that Westworld encapsulates, is way crazier than ours, even though they're not dealing with this uh, pandemic. But shit is haywire out there. <laughs> Agree. What about you, Andy? How are things in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, we just had a freak snowstorm come up this afternoon, so loving in Minnesota. It's just amazing here. Uh, but it, I am really looking forward to this because it will be a nice break from all the craziness in the news and everything else. I know. Me too. Uh, just a couple hours ago, our governor, I'm in California, announced that the whole state is now on lockdown. So I went on lockdown, I think. Uh, Monday at midnight or Tuesday morning at midnight, and uh, now it's it's everyone, and we don't know how long it's going to last. So we'll see, we'll see how this goes. But at least we have Westworld. Um, and honestly, I wish I had a host friend or two that could come over to keep me company during the day, help me do my work. <laughs> that really would be convenient. It would be. It would be. How, how much can you actually leave the house then? Um, I can leave the house to go hiking in the woods as long as I keep uh, six feet distance from anyone else that might be out there. And I can leave the house for people medical appointments and pet medical appointments and can leave the house to go get groceries. But that actually seems like the worst place to be to, you know, to, to uh, try to not encounter um, you know, the virus. So I have most of my groceries delivered with a, a community supported agriculture box and, uh, things like that. And, and you can leave the house to get gas too. So, uh, you know, for your car. So like Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> so today we have a similar thing in New York where, you know, they want less than 10 people congregating and, um, they changed actually the, the liquor board's license and they're allowed to deliver liquor with 
meals and stuff. If you order, you know, say a, a meal and you want a bottle of wine or whatever beer they offer, they'll bring it. So I'm driving through uh, Long Beach, Long Island, which is, uh, you know, kind of a bar town. And I drive past this one bar and they have almost like the old school, what you would see in the, the TV shows, the Italian ice window where the guy would come up to the pizzeria and just get an ice and a slice and, and move along his way without having to go into the pizza shop. Well, they had a window like this at the bar, but there was eight people standing around with cups hanging out outside oh, this no. window. I'm like, this kind of defeats the purpose, but I think it'll settle in in a few days. It's kind of weird. Okay. And I have one more thing about this whole COVID-19 pandemic to say before we jump into Westworld. And that is, Tim, I don't know if you've seen some of the photos and stories coming out of Florida, which I know we always like to make fun of things in Florida, but it's like spring break is going on down there in full force. It's like, like a full-blown coronavirus soup at the beach. It's just ridiculous. And it's like, oh, uh, it's, it's gotten wild. Uh, the, the youth don't realize that they're bringing that to the state with one of the highest populations of elderly in our country. So it's not a good, uh, you know, scenario. Yeah. Well, and, you know, according to Spain and Italy, now they're seeing a full wave of, people millennial age coming into the ER that are actually quite sick with the virus. So it's not just an elderly person. They're probably too. just sad and they feel left out. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know God. the millennials. Yeah, they want to put it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I'm at the ER, you know, puffy, pouty <laughs> lips, you know, peace. <laughs> Look at me. I got a ventilator. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so why don't we jump in here? And I think we're taking a little bit of a different approach. You know, I think a lot of, you know, the other podcasts were a little bit more of a blow by blow. But um, after hearing those, I'm like, oh, there are some things that I just feel like, you know, that are missing, that are very Black Mirror. Um, so why don't we kind of jump into that? And one of the things I noticed that was completely missing from this new world so far is that there were no children. Um, oh, someone was saying, oh, it looks like there were some children on a field trip. Oh, they okay. were in, in the, uh, in around Rehoboam. Yep. Um, and there, there was, a, there was also a few when uh, Caleb gets the call about not getting that job. There's a couple walking by. Okay. I the only reason I noticed, I had read your notes and rewatched it again. So I was on the lookout and stuff in the background. So there was a few children scattered in, but it wasn't a lot. Okay. All right. Because that seemed really suspicious to me because we had seen a couple prominent children in the other worlds um, as hosts well, and visitors. I'd like, I'd like to lay out on the line that this podcast may be from a heavy angle of suspect suspicion. So, <laughs> I've, you know, we've kind of pre-read our notes that we've compiled and I feel like we're on the same page. So, you know, you're going to have to bear with us if we go a little bit tinfoil hat, which nobody's really hit on, on yet in the, in the past two podcasts. I think that's okay. This is supposed to be a theory cast after all. So why not theorize up a storm? Um, okay, cool. And then we were also kind of suspiciously, not a lot of very, you know, people that were very old. I think we had some you know, slightly older than 50, maybe kind of in their 60s. But, you know, we haven't seen someone that I think we could say is truly elderly. And if we, if we, sorry, go ahead, Tim. If we go along with kind of the way the world is described, it would be only those who would be of severe wealth and stature, I would Mm -hmm. think. And that was one of the things, too, because after your notes, when you said the children thing on there, I, I was also paying attention to the older people. That's where I first noticed it. And the only three that I could even tell that were even close to middle age were Bernard, who was, I mean, he's already a host, so he's obviously not a person. Mm-hmm. Martin, who actually was killed and replaced by another host, and Caleb's mom, who was already dying. So I, my tinfoil hat thing is that maybe is there something about older people just don't survive or don't like a Logan's Run type of thing? I don't think so, but. COVID-19. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's interesting to just kind of see this whole landscape because it is so very different from what we've seen so far. Um, now, what do they say? 30 years, right? Basically from our future. Yeah, I think it was close to that. Yeah. I can't remember what the exact time. I didn't study the timeline too close. But I think that's to me, close. this is a drastic change. Yeah, it is drastic. It would mean that something like Westworld, the AI with the host in Westworld existed somewhere on our planet right now, which I don't necessarily think is the case because we know Dolores, you know, has been in that park for 30 years because William said he has been going to the park for 30 years, at least at that point. So, And let's also add to the point that when uh, um, Liam was describing his father, he said it took him a weekend to invent, but 15 years to create. So now we have a window either in between or at the start of Delos's project. Mm, yeah. So like, I feel like, you know, as the cleanup crew, you know, I'm, I've kind of always been, you know, labeled as like the, the crazy numbers guy, um, you know, especially in other shows counting, you know, the dead and what, you know, uh, game of Thrones and stuff. So I've been kind of paying attention to the numbers and the time frames. Mm. So I think there's, some things that that have been missed here so that's one of them okay um so the other thing about this world and i think they touched on it a little bit in one of the other podcasts but i feel like so much of the tech that we're seeing if you watch that show black mirror we've already seen so much of this tech you know kind of like everything from implants ability to communicate with those who have passed on via ai uh the meritocracy system with scores and ratings and then um andy i think you had a couple other things that you saw that you added to the list well yeah i, I was going to add besides black mirror too the axel touched on it briefly on one of his shows but there is a lot of blade runner and a lot of blade runner references mm, in this yeah even in even a few spots, even the score. I'm, I mean, I'm not into scores as much as Matt is, but there's a couple notes where they, it's literally the score from Blade Runner in like mixed into the score. I don't think that was an accident. Yeah. And huh. one, one as of those as, times, oh, I would say one of those times ties into something we'll talk about a little bit later. Okay. As much as I love music, I want to give you guys credit like you and Matt and a lot of other people that really pick up on these tonal notes that go from show to movie, movie to show. Like I'll pick up like, you know, maybe like a John Williams, like jumping to do Superman from Star Wars. But like you guys are, I give you a lot of credit. And I love when I read this stuff in the notes that, that, you know, or hear these things because I love this show specifically for all the shout outs they give to other sci-fi. It's yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's the uh, but and well, I'm thinking about it. One of the Blade Runner things I noticed too is when Bernard is hiding out on the farm. Like, well, I'm gonna go really deep into Blade Runner here, but like in the original Blade Runner script, the replicants were hiding. One of the replicants was hiding out on a farm, so he wouldn't be found. That that scene was actually right. used in Blade Runner 2049 with yeah. uh, Dave Bautista's character. They put it in the second movie. But I thought that, I mean, that has to be almost intentional too, because Bernard, who is basically a replicant or a robot hiding out on a farm as well, which I thought was, a, I don't think there's anything to that. I think it's just a nice, cool little nod that I noticed. Yeah. You're right. Like but, some people were like, why, why is it in a, a slaughterhouse, this and that, but it was more the farm setting than the slaughterhouse setting. So that mm -hmm. that's, that's a cool nod and it could have mm -hmm. been anywhere. Right. Like, so while we're just here, where to assume he's still in China? Um, well, he's got he's got to be close because they wouldn't be at the end of the episode when he says, "I want to take a boat to Westworld." He can't be that far away to get there on that little fishing boat. Yeah, that's true. And most of the employees were Chinese, other than the the one guy who could speak English. Yeah. So I, I, he's got to be somewhere in somewhere in that Asian area, I would think. Yeah. So it's kind of wild, like piecing together, you know, hearing all these dribs and drabs 
I haven't seen the Lord for 92 days and where we left mm-hmm. off at the end of last season, how everybody spread out. You know, we got a lot of different things that I'll go over about time and, and places they've been, which seems really bizarre. But just from seeing Dolores uh, be able to, you know, go right from London back to L.A. and move around, it seems like things are a lot easier than obviously in our day and age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, well, I was going to say one other thing quick before I was talking about the uh, the uh, slaughterhouse thing. There, part of the reason I noticed that too is that when um, uh, what's her name Hale or whoever Hale is goes to the meeting and it, somebody references the fact that Delos's other two main things are biomechanical and agritech. And agritech, since I'm in agriculture, that really piqued my interest. That's part of why I caught the thing as well because that's I mean agritech is something I deal with on a daily basis, anyways. So that was. Just a little cool little note that I noticed that it's interesting that they said that the parks really weren't their main source of income anyways. Right. They were a means to an end, like NASA. Like, yeah. you know, we'll get to the moon and it's awesome, but the amount of technology they created on the way that mm-hmm. we use today is phenomenal. So I, yeah. I, I could see that, like proprietary information that, that – might seem useless is going to be very vital. You know, we're all going through a tough time right now, but there's people out there to help. The Coronavirus Daily Briefing is a new podcast that comes out every day at 5 p.m. with the latest headlines and context around the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis. From Ride Home Media, the daily podcast people, all the things that happen today, all the things you can do to protect yourself tomorrow. A quick 15 minutes and you're up to date. The New Yorker magazine called it one of the top coronavirus podcasts to listen to, saying it stays on the right side of informed, non-hysterical, and focused. Search your podcast app right now and subscribe to Coronavirus Daily Briefing. That's Coronavirus Daily Briefing. Mm, interesting. You, you have hosts on the farm? Oh, uh, not, not quite. Not yet, anyways. Okay. <laughs> I would love to have it. I could just sit around and podcast about Westworld all day. <laughs> totally. Um, On the uh, well, what, what, you, what you were going to say too about what I got way off track there, but I was getting the, some of the other new technology things that I thought were interesting that you had brought up before the the hologram thing. Nobody's really talked about that much, but it's really a hundred percent like it. It's hard to even distinguish between the hologram and the real person. I have to imagine that's going to point later on in this in this series as well because i mean the at the beginning he has to have the glasses but i think when they're in that board meeting and hale mutes the guy i'm pretty sure that's a hologram as well and she wasn't wearing glasses there oh yeah that's right she did mute him right well, he I, may not have even been there i think that all of the the board members weren't there i don't think that that i think that they were all in their you know own offices. I don't think that this technology requires people to be in the same room anymore. Um, and what was wild is, uh, I forget the exact phrase the guy said, but he said um, oh, something about like uh, something about being real. And she muted him right after that, which was <laughs> awesome. Or like having human feelings. It was something about being human. I, I forgot to write that exact quote down, but she muted him right after that, which was like like a nod to like, guess what? You know, you yeah. guys know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And, oh, uh, my, my only other thing was the, the thing about fossil I picked up, it was the second or third time I watched, was about uh, fuel and fossil fuels. When the, when the, the two thieves, um, Marshawn Lynch and the other lady that I can't, I can't remember her name when they first meet Caleb and they said they knew her from uh, the Mexican diesel job where he had smuggled diesel. I can't imagine. I mean, th- does that mean that fossil fuels have been eliminated? I mean, most of the cars that they show and helicopters, it seemed like are electric powered. They don't have the kind of noise except for the vehicle at the end that Caleb gets into. And the guy asked him, do you even know how to drive one? Well, I'm assuming that was gas, but I don't know. It was just another tidbit. I don't know if that's going to play any part either. I just thought it's, it was I feel like it certainly is because not only was the it was the the car Caleb got, there was also a Range Rover involved, and in that parking lot was an old looks like a mock uh, 
two Mustang. And the that's going to be the only way from what we learned that um, uh, Liam's machine, uh, real bum, can control. Real bum? Well, you know what? I like that. All right. Real so, bum. So here's the thing. I looked up the definition online and it's um and it's a word from uh really has hebrew origins but translates to um latin as robom but the way they say it is like rehobum so mm-hmm. i just wrote rehobum so i'm not really sure they were all confused in the first three podcasts the first two podcasts so i'm either going robom or Reobum, because I'm not saying Rehobum, you know, with, with the, the, you know, the Chaych Rehobum, um, but I wanted, you know, we'll talk about him later, uh, or it, um, but the, Caleb said that it it can, uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, Dolores, as, uh, as Lana, Lara said, it can control the traffic. So, yeah. so those cars, and we saw in the chase at the end won't fit into that traffic pattern because they're not operated on that electric system. Well, and also because sure, yes, they're electric and they're also autonomous. And so um, I work in tech and one of the visions for the autonomous vehicle network, once, you know, in 30 to 50 years, all the vehicles are autonomous. They are all going to be linked into a system that controls them and they talk to each other. So there's a benefit to having a vehicle that is gas powered and not autonomous that you actually drive yourself because it means it's probably not detectable within the wider network. Oh, that's a great point. I hadn't even considered that. It's essentially off the grid. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Which could come in handy if you're trying to run from some, you know, bad people. (laughs) Which would explain why he hired the Rico job to get the vehicle. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So what do you guys want to talk about next? Should we jump into kind of these questions or should we get more into theories um, kind of about hail and beyond? Well, we could go right to the hail thing because that was quick and... Act, like jam-packed with a little mysterious information. So what do we know off the bat? It's three years, right? I mean, three months rather mm-hmm. from when the event happened. Now, the first thing we realize is that maybe the Dolores thing is in the earliest stages, but everything else seems to line up as it's three months past Dolores and Gerard, Jerry, in his house, right? Are we mm-hmm. kind of on that same pattern? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Is that, the beginning of the house is that you think that's in the same time as when hail comes, or is that earlier? I have no, I kind of have the impression that might be a little sooner. Yeah, I think that's I think that's shortly after we okay, end last yeah. season. Okay, that's that's what my impression was as well. Yeah, because she says we realize right away I need money and this and that, and she's kind of. Yep getting her her grounding so all right so when we meet Hale, she already says three months after and they want to take delos private because they don't want to answer any questions Mm -hmm. so this right here is a big indicator that that parks ip and proprietary information and like you said the the agriculture uh what did you call it Agri-tech. Agri-tech. Like all that stuff yeah. is to them more valuable than than anything. So that's a big indicator to me. Big indicator of what exactly? That Delos is still super prevalent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the company is still really prevalent for sure. Um I mean, I mean, but you would think out Disney takes out a hundred and something of its own employees, like they're probably done for. What? <laughs> or you think like the Little Mermaid DVD sales is going to hold them afloat? 
Oh my God. Massacre <laughs> at Disneyland. Um, maybe. I mean, those tickets have gotten really expensive from what, from what I heard. I feel like I saw a price range raise on them the other day and I was like, dang. Um, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but I just remember thinking that's a lot of money. Uh, yeah. I think it was like 200 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like I, th- I think it was. Um, I mean, I think definitely, and it's interesting. Yeah. Cause Charlotte goes in and she's like, you know, we want to go back in. We want to start building hosts again. I mean, that's a directive from, you know, Dolores is end game because she wants to start rebuilding an army for sure. Um, but in terms of who Hale is, you know, we know Dolores took out five of those pearls. Um, we know one was Bernard. And we don't really know who the other four were exactly. And kind of my theory about it is because it does seem like there's going to be a Dolores versus Maeve off again <laughs> this year. I think, you know, they're they're kind of those two pieces of the puzzle. They're like, you know, uh, the yin and the yang. But I think, I feel like Dolores is playing a long game and her primary goal is much more, her vision is much larger than Maeve's is. Maeve's is really to find her daughter. Dolores's is, is to kind of take down humankind, um, which is a much loftier vision. But, you know, I would think if she really wants to get under Dolores's skin, she co- she makes copies of those pearls of the people Maeve was most close to in the West world. So that would be potentially Maeve's daughter, Clementine. Um, it could even be a copy of Maeve herself, which I think would be super interesting if there was like a Maeve off <laughs> and, um, you know, potentially Hector. I'm trying to think like, you know, who's like the good male pearl she could bring that, you know, basically, um, you know, fits into the role to take over um, for what's his name, the guy that she swapped him out with, like already, Martin. Now, does this come from a place of thinking that Dolores is playing a long game, knowing Maeve is coming after her, so she's going to need people to keep Maeve in in check? I think it's an interesting point of manip- <clears throat> interesting point of manipulation. That if Maeve ever did, <clears throat> sorry guys, uh, if Maeve ever did come oh, after boy. her. You got the cough. No, I don't. <laughs> Just allergies. Um, if Maeve ever came after her, she had emotional pieces to use against Maeve. Because I think Dolores used to be very sentimental, but Maeve is driven by emotion and past relationships. Whereas, you know, Dolores seems more driven by revenge at this point. She, you know, it's. She's not as sentimental as Maeve is. The only question I have about that, though, is does Dolores even see Maeve as a threat? I mean, she's she always has kind of underplayed her when she's seen her, and I don't think she saw, like, magic, mind-powered Maeve from the end of last season, did she? I don't think they were ever around each other when that was going on. I don't know if she would be worried about Maeve. I mean, that's – I'm just – I'm just yeah, – but I, would, I have no idea. I would but. think they would know everything that's happening on the network. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. You're probably right. That's the one thing. It's like Del- Dolores has so much data now. Like she knows yeah, truth, yeah. people that visited the park. You know, she's she's read books about people. I mean, it's kind of fascinating, like how much she could know that we just have no idea. Um, yeah. Now, see, I didn't know about the end credit scene until I listened to the podcast previously. So. When I watched tonight, rewatched, I watched that end credit scene. And that to me seems like Maeve got put into almost another quote unquote game. So, yes, like, another Dolores world. is keeping her mm-hmm. occupied almost. Maybe. Well, I th- the last time we saw her, though, uh, or saw Maeve, though, was when the, the two texts basically volunteered to rebuild her though i'm thinking they rebuilt her and put her back into one of the narratives it's like that's what was, that was the impression i got well didn't she go the into the season. didn't she go into that that land with oh that was before she got rebuilt right 
Yeah, right on the beach, right before Charlotte takes the, yes. takes the pearls. Oh. So there's the two texts that were with Maeve the whole time last season. She and, could be hell. Uh, that could be the hell. She's trying to keep Delos going. And Dolores probably doesn't want Delos going. She hates that shit. But I think she wants to, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Okay. It's too soon, too soon, too soon, too soon to, to commit to that. Yeah. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. We're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Hey, everybody, I've got an exciting announcement. Our very own Heath Santazo, a.k.a. Heath Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. The Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search The Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind-the-scenes podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley. That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate $5, $10, whatever you can give. Let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to this Kickstarter because we believe in Solo. This is going to be an awesome movie, and we want to be a part of it. So head on over to CE Films today. The Star City Murders, baby. Let's find the killer. Were those the only three we saw last year? Was there one more? I think it was just those three. Okay. And we I saw, think... you know, the cradle and everything. But here's I the think... funny part. Yeah. Like, like, so you just said that. Why does, it, like, Bernard say, I want to go back to Westworld? Like, wouldn't it be known as as something grander if it had all those parks? Or was Westworld maybe the only one that was finished? It it, it was kind of weird yeah, to me. Like, like you, you, you would think, I'd want to go back to Delos World. Yeah, you wouldn't want to say, I want to go to Epcot Center. You say, I want to go to Disney World. I mean, well, maybe it's because the show's called Westworld, like, keeping it going like that. Well, that's where he or, knows. Uh, yeah, that's where he knows people, too. Like, does he even, is he even cognizant there are the two... I mean, he probably knows at some level, I think there are even, you know, a total of five worlds, but the people he knows and has worked with and worked with in the past, I think would still be at Westworld. So that's probably why he wants to go back. There's someone he wants to talk to there. And I guess I always, I always got the impression too that Westworld was the first park because I think they even yes. said something yeah. when they go to Shogun World where um, the, the, I can't ever remember his name either. The, the writer basically says, well, I cribbed my own stuff for these other parks. That kind of gave gave, right, gave right. me gave the impression that Westworld was the first. So maybe right, that's, that's maybe it's he... just called Westworld. Right. The whole thing. Yeah, we'll just go with it. Yeah. we'll leave that one to Santa's lemon cakes. <laughs> so, um, theories. Who's got who's who's got one they want to share? I'm gonna go last, I think, on this one because mine's a little tinfoily. Okay. Do you have one? Do you have one, Andy? Or I can I can start it off too. Uh, why don't you Why don't you start? Because mine's a little out there too. So okay. Well, this is this is my latest one um, that I kind of just came up with, and you know, it was interesting. And I think 
we, you know, we were going to talk about, um, you know, on the second podcast, Brett had kind of a really great theory about Caleb, I think. Oh, I mm-hmm. think I meant that to be, yeah, Caleb in terms of that maybe he's a, a human uh, host hybrid and, you know, that that maybe he's passed his fidelity test and, and things like that, you know, just how we saw kind of Man in Black trying to do and uh, last season. But I kind of got to thinking when I rewatched it just kind of before we got on, I was like, what if... Because I, I don't believe Caleb is human. Um, I don't believe he's human at all, actually. And I think, wouldn't it be interesting if he isn't an experiment, but he was actually a host in a park, and now they're putting him in the real world and have given him a story somehow, reprogrammed him to think he belongs in this real world after returning from the war. And maybe the park he was in, he was a soldier. He was in a war. He did have that friend there. But things like his mother, who says, you're not my son. Um, You know, the fact that he has decided not to have that implant. Maybe they programmed him that way because he doesn't need an implant. You know, was that really a choice or was it something else? But, But I'm almost thinking this is a host to human world experiment. Um, this, that's kind of what I'm thinking. This is where I feel like we're, <clears throat> excuse me, just going to compound on each other and make, <laughs> make this an awesome cleanup crew theory because we're, I feel like I feel like we're all headed in the same direction. Now yep, I've got some stuff for this too. So yeah, awesome. So where you're going with that? I have a feeling now I don't want to go too far into it yet because I think Andy's similar in the, in the realm, but I feel like Caleb was in a war and he did get shot in the head and he's inserted into a world that he thinks is real. Now, Andy, before I continue, where are you going with the Rehoboam? Uh, or Rehoboam, Robum, Rehoboam, Robum. Well, I've, I've got a whole, I've got a whole, I've got a whole, a whole separate one for uh, Robo, whatever we're calling him. But well, because I the, think it's uh, all tied in. I think it's all tied in. Well, yeah, it definitely is. But I've, I've got other stuff that's more specific to Caleb in general. Because I, I like I've, a lot of what Brett was saying. I like. I don't necessarily know if it's a hybrid, but I, I do think he is a, a robot or a host of some kind. And part of a this was kind of when I was thinking along the same thing as all the ag tech and all that kind of stuff. This, when I'm thinking about, I think he was in a war as well. And I think he was probably shot in the head. And I'm thinking in the history of war, every, every so often, every time there's a big technological advance, it almost is always done because of the military advancing yes. it and paying for it. Why would, I mean, now it's, I mean, it started with tanks and planes and machine guns and now it's up to. Well, robots were invented why would i mean the military of course militaries and governments would be funding that development why would they not send robots in to fight yeah because why waste human life i mean they're doing this with drones already right well yep yeah the sense i got was that they were following them around with drones or being mic'd up the whole time for just the instance if they came out they would have their partners dialogue to be able to get them into this um, loop and then be able to get out of the loop, which is almost what we saw the whole episode. Uh-huh. They're almost in that, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the control, right? That would be the control. Uh-huh. So I like, I like, I like all this. There's yeah. other, I mean, the, a couple other things. This is also where one of the Blade Runner uh, in the score happens when he when he's on his last phone call with Francis and he says unsubscribe. Right in that five or ten second frame or ten seconds, there is like a direct score reference to Blade Runner as well. Hmm. Which makes I mean it's it's only like a split second, but it, I mean I might be wrong, but it, I am I swore it was Blade Runner's movie I've seen a hundred times probably. 
So it just, I was like, what is happening? It just blew. I picked that up the first time I watched. And there's a couple other lines I jotted down too. Like when he, him and Fran, Robot Francis are talking, one of the things he says is, I never, you never had to figure out how to live in this world. That might not necessarily, I mean, that could have a double meaning of the, yeah. of the, of the vet and because you're a robot. And he, uh, what was the other, it was one other thing I had here. Um, oh, part of me is part of the reason he can't get a job is also not necessarily because he's a vet, but because he is a robot and a lot of businesses won't trust robots. I, I think there's a lot of little things that, I mean, it might just be a giant red herring, but I'm guessing one of the big mysteries of this season is going to be, is he a robot or is it? Mm, yeah. Francis also alludes to that he he won't turn on his implant. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm gonna drop it. This is craziness. You guys gotta bear with me for a second. Okay. <laughs> so once I saw Reobum, I'm like, wait a second, that's just a gigantic pearl. Mm-hmm. And it's the first thing I thought. <laughs> Now, backtrack, one of the first people we see at, uh, I believe it was the, the meeting with Liam, when we first meet Liam, and, and they're at that party, and the guest of the party, Roderick, he says, we're all living in a simulation. Wouldn't it be ironic if they made us in a simulation in a simulation? Yep. Now exactly. Like, why would they put that right in there and then make you think all these things? Then we get all these little things that Francis said. First, it started off with, um, he says, always said we needed a plan and you should turn your implant back on, right? Then Francis later on says they built the world to be a game. Then they rigged it. But at the end, when Caleb has his unbreaking, he says, no, you didn't say that. You said we still had to play the game. I mean, he says you still have to play the game if you want a chance to win. And that's when Caleb says you never said that and unsubscribe. So this makes me think that this could possibly be another forge for Dolores to crack. Yeah. And it might be so good that there's people who are so bored in the real world subscribe to live in this world and then get bored with this world and go to Westworld. So there might be Matrix people laying in some kind of like fluid pod keeping them alive while they're in like super deep, like double, uh, what do you call it? Inception, like the second level of Inception when they go to Westworld. Mm -hmm. And now living yeah. in this world, they're in the first level of Inception because, you know, just the weird things, they, he, they're drinking some, some liquor and he's going, this costs more than my father was worth. Like all types of weird things happening. You said very little children. Now children would have been implanted so you could feel normal, but they're also not necessary. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this episode, I know tinfoil, but make me feel like this isn't back on normal earth. Well, and I think, I think you're right. And there, you, you touched on something with the levels. It's like whenever you're playing a video game, you do start with level one. And so for the hosts, Maybe they're level. They're at level one, and by getting to the second level, well, where Dolores is now, you need to have some kind of consciousness to get there. Right. But they what I was, out. yeah, got a level one. They, yes. They, they... And what I was thinking, especially when that guy's like, "This is a simulation and a simulation," I'm like, "Well, what's level three, and who's who's running at that level?" Because it seems like there's something here with the the Rehoboam and all the talk about, you know, God, whether you're an atheist or not, I do think there's, <clears throat> there's something about it, humans have a God complex, right? They want to fix stuff. They want to rule stuff. They want to control stuff. Technology is a way for them to do that. I think we see this with these um, wafers that people put in their mouth. 
I'm sorry. I was with Catholic. That is a body of Christ. That's a communion wafer. Hands down. And now, now you went to, you know, a lot about (laughs) theology. Do you know who Rehoboam is? No, I don't. Okay. So he was uh, the first king of the kingdom of Judah. He was the son and the successor of Solomon and the grandson of David. Now, what's ironic about him is Solomon united Israel and made it one. But under Rehoboam's rule, it splintered off again. And the North uh, Kingdom of Israel became separate, I guess, states or, you know, counties or however you would break it down but the kingdom of judah which is southern israel which housed jerusalem was one still but the irony is that that was the one part of israel the egyptians were able to come conquer and pillage jerusalem and then they closed off the southern area of judah and stop trade with the Arab world for Israel. Mm-hmm. So if that's foreshadowing, that's serious foreshadowing. Yeah, it, it kind of is. I mean, this is good. This is very interesting. This could be a very interesting season. I mean, these are Nolans we're dealing with. <laughs> I, I am glad that you put that communion thing in there. I also was raised Catholic and I've lapsed quite a bit. And I, that, Seeing that in the, I could not think of where what that made me think of. And as soon as I read that in the notes, it was like a giant light got turned on because, of course, it's communion. It was that was that was a great pickup. I can't believe I was a little sad with myself that I didn't think of it, but that was it's totally what it is. The the religious stuff is very interesting, or if it goes that direction, anyways. Yeah, and kind of like the more you embrace technology, kind of the the more godly you are in a way. Right. You shouldn't be able to control that much. So that's why it, it, it really is a good play on that because you're supposed to embrace what they give you and accept, you know, the Lord as it is. But these people, like in the beginning with Jerry, he takes it and goes six hours of rest. You know, like everybody wants it for something different. You know, Marshawn mm-hmm. Lynch's character was trying to get whacked out. Um, and then we find out, in that wacky art exhibit that there's all like subset of people taking bioengineered experimental drugs. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is toying with God heavy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what else guys, what else do we have to dive into? Well, oh. I can, I can, I can go with mine here because mine actually, it's similar, a lot, very similar to what Tim has been talking about here. I had almost that, kind of had two theories about Rehoboam, and one of them was very similar to what you had. But my, I, I had another different possibility that I also, I don't, I think it's very unlikely, but I also rewatched season one and two, right, like last weekend before I think all, all of us probably did. And I always thought it was very, very strange when they're, when the when um, Bernard and Dolores are facing off at the end of last season and Bernard is trying to send the host, send the Valley beyond out to the satellite. And all of a sudden Dolores changes her mind and that it never sat well with me at all. Something that I, and this might just be, it was supposed to go to the satellite and she said, don't worry, it'll be someplace safe. I wonder if she did try to send it somewhere else and this Rehoboam is obviously tracking every little anomaly in the world. What if it picked up that as an anomaly, as uh, this is an event I should pay attention to? Somehow intercepted it, or she sent it there somehow, or she's somehow, I don't think she's connected to it, but what if that's why she's trying to get into this thing? Because she knows that that has, or that has quarantined, she needs an army. I don't, I'm, I'm not doing a very good job explaining this, but could could the Valo Beyond actually be under the control of Rehoboam now or who owns Rehoboam? And that's why she's so hell bent on getting there because she needs an army and what better way to get an army for a ready-made one that's already there. Yeah. The gods are coming. What, you know, gods, she said, gods are coming. Dolores at the end. Well, so, or the other, one other related thing I had to that too is I know that she deleted all the user data 
or supposedly deleted all the user data, but who only makes one backup of their data? Yeah. I mean, is it possible Rehoboam somehow has that too? And that's what part of, I mean, that's what's making some of this. I don't know. Something about that scene in the Valley Beyond or the And it's uploaded. Just, don't forget it got yeah. uploaded somewhere yeah. to a satellite somewhere. And, yeah. I think I do think there's a way she wants to merge data and control the whole thing. I think it's you know, I think she wants to kind of give the humans a taste of their own medicine in terms of how they abused everyone in the parks, uh, you know, the yeah. hosts in the parks. And so if she can merge those two data sources, she'd be able to, you know, she'd have a lot of control. Um, I think control the, everything. Yeah. I no, think, she, it, yeah. She must have a way to tap in somehow and confuse it because there would be no way if it could predict all these scenarios that it would let, um, I forget the, the sons of anarchy guy's name when he gets killed to come Martin. into there. Martin. Right. Now, another thing I like, like it, it would have to know now, if you were watching like those, I'm assuming that's, that's Rehoboam, Rehoboam with the, the circles telling us all these things like elevated yeah. scrutiny in London now, if you notice, the first one that came on screen, it said divergence. I did now, notice that, yeah. That means there's a couple means of divergence, but one in technology is that there's a problem or a technical issue where things split, where another entity has entered, like, say, a, a, a virus or something like that. So that yep. picked up on that immediately. But then there was just this elevated scrutiny. Like it picked up that Laura, mm -hmm. aka Dolores, was around, but it maybe didn't understand how to interpret what Dolores is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now, do you think just walking around it, she was able to tap part of it? I, I mean, or like it seems so weird that she would be so close to it and not be able to transmit something well i mean she's been able to do something because she can call up the motorcycle right she's communicating with some other kind of tech yeah, but michael knight could do that in 1984 well but i mean he negotiated the lease on the apartment there was a bunch of different things that she said where it it just happened yeah and she's, she's got to be doing something and I think she called, to, you know, I think she called that car as a decoy, even though I don't think she was knocked out. I think, you know, she, she has a certain amount of control. It's just difficult to understand how she's accessed it. And maybe it was from the files of that guy, Jerry, that she killed. Like maybe she got enough insight to kind of, you know, kind of hack in here and there to do some like right. light level stuff yeah she might know their protocols exactly but yeah well because that well they do say at one point that it's being from the inside or yeah is what the the one the girl says to says to uh liam so yeah. it has to be somebody it has to some way if it's dolores hacking in and she has that that would make sense that she got it from jerry now yeah. am i I didn't go past in season one and two and look for a Dempsey. Was there a Dempsey in the park? Like, who was Liam's dad? Do we know him yet? I don't think so. The, right, the one thing I do, I, the one thing I do think is interesting is Liam is short for William. Minka, here we go. Oh man, yeah. theories of the yang. Wow, really? I, I'll just leave it right there because I don't. It's. I never seems an awful big coincidence. I, wow. I, I don't think he had a son though, William. Like if it was a son. Yeah, he, he only William ever did. talked about Emily. So. Yeah. And now we have Sarak, which I'm guessing was the partner that cut Liam out. I think so. That's what I was led to believe. Right. That's the guy who controls it, or the entity, or person. I we you know yeah. we don't know if it what it is, male or female, but this is kind of getting like, uh, you know, very heavy as far as a game. That's why I feel like Dolores is still playing a game. Yeah. And, and this is more of the things that, that lead me to like thinking that she's still in a simulation and it, it's the next level. 
like just the time movement and the places like that one woman says that Liam and Dolores, Oh, you're the woman he met in Burma. Like, yeah. These are the faraway places. Like, how much prep work was she doing? Because we know that that right away, um, it's been 92 days since Bernard saw her, right? That's the three months. So a month ago, they met in Burma. So she had two months in between meeting Liam and uh, after she, I guess, you know, left Bernard, I would imagine she went and, and killed Jerry. And in all that time doing recon. So, and also apparently using the machine to, to build, um, I can't keep forgetting. Is it Martin to build another Martin? Right. Yeah. Um, so this, it's, a, you know, hopefully the show does a little bit what it's known for and time reversing. So we can, can fill in those gaps because I feel like right now, if we left it as is and then just went and filled in these three months, that would be like a Westworld move, and I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Now, another thing I want to kind of break Axel down on a little bit. I mean, he was really (laughs) heavy into this RICO case, anti-RICO government app. I mean, RICO in Spanish just means rich. Simple as that. I don't want to, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it's super heavy, you know, anti corruption in government, and we're going to play that, but I'm going to keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We talked about Caleb a little bit. What do we think of, like, I mean, clearly, this was the. And I'm like, wow, that was like a big futuristic build up to the most traditional meet cute I've ever seen in entertainment. You know, the meet cutes when the boy meets the girl and, and that's how the relationship starts. And, you know, I think a lot of people have commented like, oh, it's just like when Dolores fell into William's arms. And I mean, I think that, I think that scene right there, I think let less as good uh, evidence as it could still be a storyline that they're in. I think that, that kind I mean, that's, that was the first thing I thought of when that scene, I'm not entirely convinced they're in a storyline yet, but that seemed very much like the storylines we've seen already play out. I started thinking that at at one point after the second rewatch, that is Caleb unknowingly Sarak. Like, does he not know? Is this part of the waking up thing? Because the, the psychiatrist said, you'll only get out of this when you wake up. When you, uh, I'm sorry, not wake up. He says, um, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my, my other notes here. Oh, you said, uh, I'm in the wrong page. Oh, man. Sorry, guys. I'm blowing it. I have a Caleb page right here next to me. Um, he says it's, it's important to move on. That's the next stage. So we found out that Caleb moved on. So, you know, is maybe Caleb something that, say, like a, a you know, a suppressed Ford would do? Um, don't know. There's a lot to be learned here. Um, I know that Aaron Paul's, like, cool tone and, and getting the job done and being on point his he's acting with this was was great because it left so much mystery but it still showed he cares and then the fact that he said at the end of the conversation i need to connect with something real and then he connects with the least real thing on the planet <laughs> has more to say than anything like well, it's yeah and and that's what i was just like he's not real. And it it almost felt like, like when he even drove up to drop off that medicine, he kind of looked at the, the, into the helicopter. I just kind of felt like he was almost drawn there versus like doing a job. And I don't know, there was something about the, you know, and how he happened to run into Dolores again. Like, I do think that that kind of screams there in a, there in a story together. And think about like, you know, I personally, I like Aaron Paul as an actor. I don't think he's like 
a great romantic lead, especially for Evan Rachel Wood and Dolores, if that's where this is going. Um, Cause I feel like he's going to be a puppet for her. Like Teddy was versus a power player partner um, who can like help her muscle and get stuff done. And, you know, looking back, Teddy had that whole backstory line where he was in the army. He was in the yeah. military. Same He's a sensitive shit. soul. He, I mean, like Caleb feels like Teddy Tudado to me. That's just kind of like where yeah, I'm at with that. Where did, where did Teddy get shot? Do you guys remember? In the head. In he the shot head. himself in the head. <gasps> oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> no, I, if, I think there's a very, very strong possibility if the, if the war stuff is just a backstory and none of that existed, that Dolores is actually – Teddy, I think it could be the pearl, Teddy's pearl in in Caleb. And Dolores is literally, Dolores is calling him to him when she needs him. And that, I mean, I, when I was, when I, I think it was the second time I watched it or the third time, and I was paying way more attention to Aaron Paul. And that, that character seemed a lot like what a guy like Teddy with that optimism and the good heart, what he would, what would happen if somebody like that was in the real world and just constantly getting beat down with everything. I yeah. Mean, it, I, I I tried to watch it as is Aaron Paul trying to play Teddy. So and I think I, I think no. there's a chance of that being. A, I, I'm not I'm not sure if it is, but I I think there's a chance of that. Oh my god, I I totally think so too. And this um it jives with the no personals, which I think I, I read yep. somewhere means kidnapping, murder. Which Teddy was just like that was his real struggle last season, right? All the the murder yeah. and the killing that Dolores was doing. That was part of why I put that in the notes, yeah, because I, yeah. I think Dolores will try and convince him to do it. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Wow, guys. This is, this is, this <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. That kind of blew about. my, like, yeah, with this the is, shot in the head. I hadn't put those two pieces together. This is and, how we clean things Dolores, up. And Dolores was there when he died, so she could have easily grabbed his pearl at that point. And she, and she could have made a copy because I feel like she did put one of his pearls into the beyond, but I, I, it is possible she, she made a copy too, like tried to improve him to make him. Um, well, she did, she did say at the time she turned up his things, you know, like she was trying to tweak him. So. Yeah. Well, and, and when, uh. Uh, when Liam asked her to go to Los Angeles with him, she goes, well, I, I do have some friends there. Like, mm-hmm. oh. I haven't yeah. seen in a while. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, guys, I feel like this is where we should end it because it was just like such a bomb to me. <laughs> That's right. And we don't even need like an end credit Nazi scene or anything. <laughs> Cut to black. We'll deal. We'll deal with Maeve next week. <laughs> or will we? We might be a few weeks. I I, I love that. I love that little little stinger in there. Yeah, that was just like turned everything upside on its head because it's just like we did in this podcast, which was how we clean things up. There was one other thing that uh, they talked about. I think Brett and Jandy and Ashley talked about. It. I was going to ask you guys the the thing with Bernard having the split personalities. I, I I can't remember who which one it was, but I, I definitely I think it was actually I actually agreed with on this where he said that he thinks it's Bernard creating Bernard's doing it on purpose as like a form of self defense, and I think somebody else was thinking it was Dolores that had made that the like Jason Bourne version for lack of a better term. I mean, what do you guys think about that, Gina? Um, you know this one I'm I'm not as convinced that he's. Weinard, <laughs> Wyatt slash Bernard. Yeah. I think yeah, Bernard that's... Bernard went through he went through his own awareness, right? He was mm-hmm. he was acting as a human, believed he was human for a very long time until he realized he was a host. And I thought, well, maybe there are just two different versions of him. There's the version of him that is very human and level set and had that backstory for years but he created another improved version that gives him kind of the more aggressive capabilities that any host yeah could have. i'm with you because Bruce banner and the hulk kind of because he could yeah. fit into the world better as say armand delgado but 
if you notice when he's doing the thing, he goes, this is the 340 second diagnostic. Um, he's asking the alternative who we, we saw petting the, the, the deer, I mean, the cow, the calf and whoever that was went and plugged in and asked the alternative, uh, have you spoke to Dolores? Has Dolores contacted you? And now the last prompt he gave in that scenario, he said, would you ever lie to me, Bernard? So is Bernard the son of a bitch? And the other person he created normal because when he's about to fight them, he says, without someone to help me, I can't stop her. And then all of a sudden he hits the button fights those guys right and one of the weirdest things is when he's um holding the chinese guy in the headlock he was putting applying all his pressure to that zone dolores pointed out earlier in the episode that controls the part where you believe in god that's interesting oh wow if you watch his his knuckles were right up in there i'd never seen anybody put someone in a chokehold like that Uh uh-huh you know, there's one other weird thing, and it's that statement, would you ever lie to me, Bernard? I feel like that's something Ford would say. Am I wrong? I feel it, like he it's, said it's that. It's because Ford has, Ford has said that. Okay. That, there's, there, I cannot remember when it is, but there, I, was, I think it, I came across an article somewhere where there's a bunch of lines in this episode that have been spoken by other characters throughout the series. Okay. Because, like, uh, at the point when Dolores, at the beginning of the episode when Dolores says, I'm the only one of my kind left. I know in the finale of last season when Bernard near the end of the episode, when Bernard is just imagining Ford and Ford actually says to Bernard, you're the last of your kind. I mean, it's almost exactly the same line. Mm-hmm. So I, says, I know there's a bunch of lines that have been repeated. Interesting. Yeah. Loops, baby. Another yeah. game, another and, version. And Ford's heavy hand still at play, even though we haven't really seen him in a in a live breathing sense uh you know since uh the end of the first season uh, well i'm excited the course that we're headed with the cleanup crew here because without even discussing the whole week together and basically only hearing you know other podcasts we came up with something that was so on point together that this is uh I feel like I have good feelings for the rest of the season with this crew. Right. Now is the first time I've ever talked to you. I actually talked to you guys where it hasn't been like via text or email or something. I know. So I'm, this is my first non-actual podcast that I've ever I've ever done. So I'm I was a little nervous going in, but I think we uh, I think we're we got something good here. Yeah, we cleaned up. Bump bump. <laughs> bum. Okay, guys. Um, Well, I think that's a wrap. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will be back next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.